On today's edition of New Amsterdam Radio, Google eyes its next acquisition. And what does that mean for you? Stay tuned. How's everyone doing out there in internet land? You're locked into New Amsterdam Radio. Radio with a reason. And that reason is to help creatives go out there and accomplish their dreams using the world around us as inspiration. I'm Flobo Voice. Thank you so much again for tuning in and telling your friends about the show and also your feedback. Feedback is also great. Uh, you guys can leave your own feedback over at my website at flobito.com. This week has been a, a fruitful one for me personally. I was able to uh, take some advice from my board of trustees. <laughs> I always feel like every person who, who creates something needs a good three or four or even seven people, uh, an unforeseen, unrelatable council called the Board of Trustees. And they range from like your cheerleaders, you know, people who love everything about you to your most harshest critics, the ones that always want to push you to improve. And it's always good to have uh, check-ins with them. You don't have to know the other person is part of your team. It's just good to have that uh, high council, if you will, um, giving ideas. And so uh, the biggest idea that uh, was said by one member of my council, which was ignored and was seconded unrelated to another member of my council was to separate my Instagram. That's what I actually spent this week doing, separating the DJ part of my creative endeavors from the MC comedy and stuff like that. Now, granted, there'll be some cross-pollination in there because um, I'm the same person. So if I have a really cool DJ shot, shot I'll totally uh, syndicate. But Flobito, at Flobito, is kind of like the general, the main account, the, the follow me and see what I'm doing. And then there's DJ Flobito, which is just the, the performing, uh, the MCing and, and the DJing side of it or the emceeing when I'm DJing side of things. So that was like my, my current project. And it's always good to, to listen to your high council if they know what's best for you. And, and really, as you get older, you get to uh, be more uh, judicious in seeing if you do listen or don't. Like, for example, when my first uh, member told me to do that, I was like, oh, I don't see the point of it. But then when someone else said it and a third person was was hinting towards it, I said, well, it won't cost me anything. Right. Let me give it a shot. But I related to that. Uh, I was able to to perform as an MC, uh, as a host for an entire conference this week. That was pretty cool. Uh, I get to be the guy on stage introducing the acts and introducing the keynote speakers and making sure everyone's having a good time. And even though it was uh, kind of on a relatively small scale, I mean, it wasn't the Oscars, the SAG Awards, but it was a pretty big endeavor, all-day conference out there in Riverside, California. And it, little by little, it's getting closer to the dream, closer to what I would like to do. Uh, be the man with the microphone. So uh, for those out there, for those of you out there who are struggling with your own projects of, man, will I ever get seen or will I ever get the opportunity? I mean, it may happen. I can't sit there and tell you, follow your dreams. It'll do it. It'll work because we've heard that a billion times. And sometimes you can follow your dreams to the end of the earth and jump off a cliff. Uh, (laughs) But I will say that at least in 2019, despite my own personal challenges, uh, I've been a lot more fruitful in advancing what the the Flobo Boys brand is and what I'm working on. So that's pretty cool. That's how I'm doing personally. Uh, How are you guys doing personally? Make sure you let me know by contacting me on Twitter uh, or Instagram because I have two of them now (laughs) I was working on. Today, we're going to talk to you to about Google and their latest acquisition or their acquisition that's on their map to be acquired. It hasn't quite uh, happened yet as of this recording. Uh, Fitbit. Yeah, we're going to talk about that right now. 
I don't know about you, but I'm Team Fitbit. Uh, way a couple years ago, and I used to. I was never a jewelry person. I hate having rings or watches or pendants on because, one, I'm from a town, a working class town, uh, where having things like that will make you a target <laughs> to be uh, seen by those people who don't live life quite above board. But I just get fidgety with it. If I have a ring, I'm always twirling it. If I have a watch, I'm always looking to see what the time is. In fact, I only wear watches on special occasions which I think is more and more becoming a trend with people in, in general because no one really has a watch just to tell time if their phone does that. So I never really got into trackers, but a couple of years ago, I'll say about six years ago or seven years ago, I got really into it to, to really push my weight loss journey over the line. And I tried different things. I mean, I was like on Team Nike for a bit and Team TomTom for a bit. Uh, but ultimately, I ended up at Fitbit. Fitbit really was the last... Uh, jump I made because the community was there. You know, it was always good. Even though I don't really quite exploit it as much as I should, uh, it's always good to have other people out there who are doing the same weird thing doing. So you can always send them messages or cheer them on or have daily challenges and really push each other to, to really, you know, put your focus in goals and weight in goals. I will say this, even though I wear it every day, it's, it's kind of, uh, um, an entertainment piece. I like to aim for 12,000 steps, but even I know the step counting isn't accurate. It's gotten a lot more accurate as the year has gone on. And it's not a problem just about Fitbit. This is about all uh, fitness trackers. But and I think sometimes it's funny when I'm sitting on a couch all day and I like yawn and it says, you hit goal. And it's like, did I really? And there's some days when, when you feel like you ran a marathon and you look at your watch and it's like, oh, you did half the steps you thought you did. So, um, But it's a good guide. It's a good uh, reminder to you know put the cheeseburger down. Uh, if you're like me, just wait and have it once a week or twice a month as opposed to every day. <laughs> um, but yeah, the thing about Fitbit is it's become synonymous with the actual idea of fitness trackers. You know, when it's almost like a generic exercise term. It's like when we say Kleenex instead of tissue paper, or we say uh, a Simonize instead of car wax or car cleaner or what have you. So when someone says, I'm getting you a Fitbit, it, we usually assume it's a Fitbit unless otherwise specified. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, my mom bought a Garmin uh, from one of those home shopping networks, and actually it was from QVC. Um, and it was kind of interesting. She goes, I got me a Fitbit. And it came in the mail and it wasn't. <laughs> and I, I looked at her like, I don't know how to, how to work this thing. I don't know how to plug and play. I don't know how to set this up. Uh, I know there's a huge subsection of people who are Team Garmin. I'm not knocking you guys. It's just I'm used to a certain ecosystem, you know, uh, like cell phones. I love my Windows phone. I thought the Windows phone was one of those, the best designed productive phones on the planet. But when the market share was heading towards zero and it looked like even Microsoft was bailing out of choice and jump over to Android or to iOS, I went to the latter and I've been happy ever since. I love iOS. Uh, it's cool. Um, I, w- I would be hard pressed to go back to a Windows environment, but I had to make that jump, right? Uh, and I felt like I made that jump years ago going to Fitbit. So backstory complete. Now, Fitbit and fitness trackers are a billion-dollar industry. People are doing it. People are loving it. It makes a great gift. Um, Everyone's looking at the fact that everyone is caring about their fitness, whether or not you've seen so many new diets crop up or the diet aisle in the grocery store getting even larger. Uh, Everyone has fitness on their minds. And Google, one of the biggest companies on the planet, designed Fitbit. It's kind of like, well... We have tried, we've dabbled in this sort of space before, uh, but with various degrees of results. 
The question you have to ask yourself is why? This company, Google, Alphabet, right, is huge, ginormous, and they have many different revenue streams. In fact, they have so much revenue streams, there's even a division of business where they look to invest in other businesses, that venture capital arm. Um, the idea is that even though they can build things in-house, it's really about the power of the community. It's about the people, right? Because you can build architect all, architecture all day, but if no one's going to witness or experience your buildings, then you pretty much have a ghost town. Uh, I always go back to uh, Google Wave or even Google Plus a couple of years ago when Google went forward and built their own social network. They built it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I didn't have the interactivity as the stalwarts like Facebook and Twitter, but neither did Facebook and Twitter really started out either. The idea was that they're going to grow and add more features. But it felt like the public collectively looked at Google Plus and said, we're good. <laughs> and over time, the Plus and Google Plus kind of faded away and that project folded. So you understand that this is a billion dollar business. You understand people are getting more and more into the process of, of understanding and tracking their health and more health conscious your big company and your own products have not gained traction and market share. Now, I should also say that Google is a publicly traded company. So now you have stakeholders and shareholders looking for growth. Now, we can get to a whole big idea about companies of that size kind of being cornered into manufacturing their growth from quarter to quarter, but it's not this kind of show. I'm not going to go into that. So Google had a choice. It was really to try to reimagine the fitness-based community and offer a completely different product backed by the perceived quality of the Google mark or explore ways to buy into an existing brand that already had the existing community. Because when it comes to business, it's not about getting customers, it's about getting repeating customers. And as I record this episode on All Hallows Eve 2019, there's just talks. Nothing has been finalized, but Wall Street's talking about the idea of a company like Google, like Alphabet, buying into a company like Fitbit. And let's not talk about the whole data implications of everything like your heart rate and your sleep and can be tied to your Gmail or your photo account. I mean, this has potential for a lot of good things. A lot of nefarious things, but the good things are there too. So there is a benefit to the merger. It isn't just for the dollars and cents of it all, but it could be a way to synergize other aspects of the core Google products. But the most important thing is the community. The most important thing is these ideas don't work if there's no one opting in, if there's no one buying in. And that's why it looks like this, and I can speculate, is more likely to happen than not happen. I said it a billion times before for all of you creatives out there, it's really about charisma. It's really about having people believe so much in what you're offering the world that they're willing to partake, experience, and share their experience with others. Because frankly, you can be the best painter on the planet, but if no one buys a painting, if no one talks about your painting, are you really a craftsperson? Or are you just a hobbyist? Now, I'm not trying to poo-poo anyone who's out there really struggling to get themselves heard or really struggling to get their business out there. I can relate. There's months here I sit home in my apartment going, how am I going to make bills work? How am I going to make ends meet? Um, that's not about that. But what I am saying is the power of the people that support your projects, foster that community, can mean so much more. It can be just as valuable as the product themselves. 
Now, your friends and family are great. They're the first ones that try to encourage you and say, hey, keep on doing it. But the problem is, in my experience, is that they've seen you at the start. They've seen you when you sucked at it. They've seen you when you weren't that great. And what happens eventually is when you get to a level, if you work hard enough, where you can command a premium. Usually it's pay. But sometimes it could be um, performing downtown or it could be um, being a part of a bigger collective. Um, you'll see your friends and family balk. Hey, man, uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Great. I have an album out. It's $10.99. Do you want to support? Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> it gets very frustrating for creators on the rise and that certain level. It's the first plateau that most of creative people have to deal with. How to keep that community going. And I want to suggest something for you today. It may sound radical. It may not be, which is great if it's not. And that you offer a tiered experience for those who are long-term people of your brand, long-term fans and, and, and partakers of your brand, and the new ones as well. For example, let's say you love to make enamel pins. Enamel pins are your life's work. You can always say, hey, I'm making a brand new line of zombie pins, for example, for the masses. But since you guys... Everyone on my personal social media network supported me when I started out. I'm going to make a limited edition run just for you guys of 10 or 15. And you can tell your friends you got this from me, if you will. Now, someone who's counting beans would say, Flobito, that's just you giving away money to people who have watched your stuff before. And the answer to that is, it kind of is. But at the same time, it's a lot better to do that because that way you can foster that core network to still advocate, to still evangelize on your behalf to get that community growing. Because frankly, if I saw you when you were making the garbage, I'm not going to look at you and say, okay, here's all my money. <laughs> at least long term. Short term, I might say, you know what, man, I encourage you. Here you go. I'll buy a couple pins. But if you come out with gold-plated elite pins for $20, I'm going to say, well... I remember you were on the phone talking to that factory saying that each pin costs you 45 cents. I don't feel right paying $20 for a pin. I'm getting very into the weeds with the whole pin idea. But you know what I'm saying. Always give your long-term investors and fans something to buy into to latch on to so they can share their friends. Hey, look, I'm doing something. Because long-term community members will evangelize over a longer period of time. And your new members are great. Numbers are great. Expansion's great. Growth is great. But you really want those that core base of people who are just on it. They're loyal. They're willing to bat for you. Those are the kind of things that other companies see. Other companies, other brands, other patrons see. But the, the cash you have as a creator. And saying, hey, look, this guy, when he performs live uh, with his ukulele, for some reason, 300 people come out. Doesn't matter if it's to a small bar. Doesn't matter if it's to the beach. This guy can command 300 seats every time. Let's have them on our film festival. Let's have them at our music festival, excuse me. Let's have them playing at these college campuses. Let's, let's activate this guy. Let's buy into this ukulele business. That's pretty much what's happening with Fitbit. Fitbit has cornered the market, maybe not so much in revenue, but definitely in cultural cash of what that stands for. And now you have one of the biggest companies in the world come knocking. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But there's always something to think about when you work on your own creative projects. Because frankly, when you go sit here all day and talk about, we're doing it for the culture and love, and that's great. But you really want people to see. Maybe not, you maybe don't want to have the money. Maybe you're saying, no, nah, well, money's secondary. But you really want other people to experience what you create. That's why we create. It's really for others.
That's all the time we have for this edition of New Amsterdam Radio. Hey, listen to this episode and other episodes wherever you stream your podcast. We're talking iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. If you have a topic that you want me to tackle, contact me over on Twitter at Voice or on Instagram at Flobito or even at DJ Flobito. And of course, Flobito.com. This is New Amsterdam Radio. And until next time, the city is yours.